You are listening to the F11 Photography Podcast. chasers of light to the purveyors of pictures to all of you around the world breaking in your 2024 this is the f11 photography podcast i am your host kevin deal along with your other host mr brandon gory Alrighty, yes, indeed. This is our second recording today. Kevin and I, we just took a break, and you wouldn't think of us as this way, but we're both sipping hot tea. Very unusual for us. Yeah, we're usually coffee drinkers, uh, but they happen to have some of these Dixie teacups uh, at our space. And so, yeah, that's it's it's feeling like 9 a.m. on a Monday for me right now. It's a very, very interesting experience sipping tea with you. I'm getting very in touch with my British, uh, my British side. Deal is uh, is near Dover, so and and Gory is a member of the Scotland McDonald clan. Yeah, we were subsidiaries. We were enslaved by the McDonald clan. And we and and if I spoke to anybody in your family in Scotland, I wouldn't be able to understand a fucking word they're saying because Scottish might as well be goddamn Chinese, dude. Go to Birmingham, England. You can't understand them there either. I can understand Birmingham accents much better than I can understand a Scottish accent. To me, they're both the same. Birmingham. That East London Cockney accent. Birmingham. Awesome. Well, a new year. I got to say, I don't, I mean, first and foremost, I don't get depressed uh, ever. But if there were a holiday that depressed me the most, it would probably be New Year's. You hear everybody singing that that old Lang scene song. I'm like Lieutenant Dan and Forrest Gump with the hooker <laughs> on him in the wheelchair, and there's just like confetti dropping, and he's just kind of got his five thousand yard Vietnam Vietnam stare there. That's how I am on New Year's. Like I don't I don't like New Year's. It, it, to me, it's a very depressing holiday. I don't know, like. You know, my birthday is supposed to be that day where it's like, oh, yeah, you're you're closer to death. For some reason, New Year's is that holiday for me. And, you know, I don't know if it, it's the reminder of here's all the shit you didn't accomplish. Here's all the shit that you failed at. And, yeah, you're going to make a resolution and you're going to fail at that, too. Like, like, I just I'm a very optimistic person. And for whatever reason on New Year's, I'm such a pessimistic Debbie Downer person. And I finally like learned what to do like on New Year's. So like my father and I in 2020, we were moving my grandfather down here because he needed to go into a uh, an old folks home. May he rest in peace, Semper Fi, David Coy. But uh, we were coming down in a Penske truck with his belongings. And we were in like Marion, Illinois. On New Year's Eve, my dad and I are at like a Buffalo Wild Wings having beer and, and, and you know, drink, drinking beer and eating wings. And by the time we got to our hotel, it was like 9 p.m. And we just looked at each other. It was like, do you even want to stay up? Like, no. So we went to bed. And like, 
I woke up the next morning. I was like, you know, I, I kind of like not staying up to midnight and then feeling fucking down and like, you know, reflecting on, oh, where are the things I haven't accomplished? Like, that's just, that's especially that fucking song. Like, you everybody singing it out of tune and it's like, ah, like, I, I don't like New Year's. Like, I, I fucking hate New it's Year's. It's falsely leveraging dopamine. I, I find that the people who celebrate are, are they have late nights on weekends they like to go out and party and they like to just fucking just throw their life into the bottle and drugs they handle it better because they live a life and they're used to that level of escapism i can't stand new years and it's funny you say that is because i've never like i don't really think about it but like i don't like new years because i it i don't like putting so much pressure on on a on a calendar day that it is it not real it's a construct if you have to wait till fucking new year's to, and I, pardon my French, I don't like swearing. I'm trying to cut that down. Um, not for the New Year's, but just in general. I'll, I'll make up for it. Yeah, Fuck it, go. Yes, you will. If you want to start something on New Year's, start it tomorrow. Start it today. Don't wait for a calendar day to dictate what is in your life. That is really sad. It's really depressing. Take accountability for what you want out of this life and the person that you want to be. And don't wait for the new year to start it because it's destined to fail. You know, I, th I think that might be the reason why it makes me so so bummed out because I don't like uh, calendar dates to dictate when I want to do things. It's one of the reasons why I don't particularly care much for Christmas. It's like, don't buy me anything for Christmas. I'm going to buy something when I need it. And if it's, you know, $5,000, I'll go fucking take care of it myself. I don't want anybody to spend that kind of money on me, but that's just the way I am. It's like I get things as I need them. And if one of the things I need in my life is some drastic change, I don't want to wait for January 1st. I want to make that change right then and there. And and you know what is for thousands of years, the best time that people could have, it wasn't a, it wasn't riches. It wasn't coming up on a large sum of money. It wasn't, it wasn't gift giving. It was having food with the people they care about most warm and in shelter knowing that everyone in their family is healthy and strong that that for thousands of years has been the pinnacle of human experience and only recently have we traded it for uh for traditions ideas and and um, commercial products well maybe that's why thanksgiving is probably my favorite of all the holidays is because that is you're getting together with the family you're you know, as long as you don't bring up politics uh, things are typically pretty good yeah. um and so yeah you can just watch football get fucked up on turkey and uh you know have a good time so yeah but yeah so uh Anyway, we're doing the New Year's episode. Yeah, we're going to talk about our resolutions. Got real deep. Yeah, we got real deep and real dark. Uh, we are going to talk about uh, what we want to do in 2024, but honestly, not as a commitment on January 1, but just things, hey, I have this rolling uh, calendar that's happening of things that I want to accomplish, and fuck January 1st. I just do things when I want to do them. So let's take it away to our sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by Gamut. Are you looking for world-class cinematic video LUTs? Check out Gamut. Whether you're shooting on Sony, Canon, Panasonic, Nikon, DJI, or Blackmagic, their conversion LUTs bring all your footage to the same starting place. That's right, if you're shooting a wedding and one of your cameras is Canon and the other is Nikon, the footage will all end up looking the same. And don't worry, Fuji users, help is on the way. I've actually been in contact with Gamut and they're telling me that they are working on LUTs for Fuji. They also make creative LUTs that are catered toward weddings, commercials, editorials, and YouTube projects. 
Gamut now also offers movie barcode generators. Want to create your own movie barcode? Well, now you can by using their entirely free movie code barcode generator. Use that generator to build out palettes and barcodes for your films. Go to gamut.io to check out their insanely generous holiday offerings, and I'll leave a link in the description of this pod. You know, it's interesting. Uh, in our last episode, we talked about the things that we learned and that we were grateful for in 2023. And I missed a very big one that Gamut just reminded me of. And it's just, I feel like my color grading, because like, if you look at my YouTube channel from when I started until now, like, I mean, my color grading looked atrocious in 2022. And it wasn't until I really started learning LUTs and uh, all that that I, I started realizing that, oh, okay, I can really elevate. Because I don't know what it was. Editing raw files was always so easy for me with stills, but editing video was always such a pain in the ass. And, uh, you know, thanks to Gamut and uh, other LUTs out there, I feel like I've, I've stepped up that game. But uh, we're going to talk about what we are looking forward to doing in 2024. And I think that uh, the very first place we should start is talking about this pod, which is we are going to go video in 2024. Uh, we're still going to put our podcast out on Apple and Spotify and all the major platforms. I'm just going to extract the audio out of it and put it on those pods, but we're going to be on YouTube. And part of the reason is a lot of people love pods. I love listening to pods. I listen to Raw Talk, Jared Pullen's pod, which I really like. And there's some other really great pods out there that I listen to. Usually they're sports related, but not everybody likes pods. Some people like to watch things on their phone, whether they're sitting on the john or they're, uh, you know, just at their TV or whatever. So uh, it's also going to give us another way to monetize. Unfortunately, they're going to hit you with those ads if you don't have YouTube premium, but maybe that's the way you want to experience this, uh, this show, I should say, because I should maybe not call it I call it the F11 podcast, but I guess Joe Rogan calls his the podcast and still has it, you know, on, on video. But we feel like being that we are photographers and videographers and that our way of expressing ourselves is with visual aid, that having a YouTube uh, podcast slash video a show would be better for you, the viewer or listener, because then you have the option of you know, maybe we have a guest in and we're talking about their work. I can just uh, throw it up on my laptop and put it up on the screen and have a little slideshow of their work playing while we talk. And so I, I just feel like that's a better way to serve you, the listener slash viewer. And, and so I think that's our biggest, uh, our biggest thing we're going to be doing in 2024. And I'm sure there'll be some hiccups at the beginning. We'll probably, you know, make some tweaks to the lighting and this and that. But I'm excited to talk about that. So what are your thoughts on us going to video? Well, while you're talking about that, Kevin, I, I literally just had like a montage of just like what that looks like in my head. And I'm really excited for it. Um, as someone whose uh, primary source of income is working as a videographer for a major YouTuber, um, it's it's all good things. It's really, it's exhilarating. Um, it'll give us more of a community uh, to, to work with, more of a community to kind of uh, get the conversation going with not just with ourselves, but with others. Um, I, I found it really cool, actually, that I run into people, uh, fellow creatives and um, in our community here in Austin, Texas. And, you know, every now and again, they'll they'll say like, hey, like I listen to your podcast. And I'm just like, you know, I don't know what to say because I'm just like, wow, you know, like anything, you, anything you change, like, 
Um, but it, why do you want to listen to me talk? But yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I know. Suddenly, uh, suddenly the humility comes out. But um, I'm so looking forward to that. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of hard work. It's gonna be um, it's gonna be a lot more interesting because here behind the microphone, Kevin and I, if you looked at our postures, you'd think that we hadn't eaten in like five days. We're kind of just like slumped over, kind of just like, <laughs> kind of just like, you know, looking at the floor, kind of talking, sharing glances every now and again. It's not pretty. Um, so one thing we are going to have to work on is that stage presence and maintaining uh, just a natural second nature form on video without looking too starched. Yeah, but I, I, I do think that the listeners will uh they miss out on stuff by not being able to see us sometimes because sometimes we have reactions you'll hear it but seeing it will give you kind of another dimension uh another tier of uh you know i don't know experiencing yeah, and, it and i'm scratching my balls every two minutes yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> sometimes i got asshole itches and i'm like hey you know i should i should just like fucking kevin twerk, st kevin starts twerk to up. the camera <laughs> twerk to the camera and go look <laughs> my asshole itches just in case you didn't know and we actually have a mascot in here too, which is a freaky looking mannequin, which I was going to give away, but I decided that I'm going to make her a mascot. Her name is Lucy, by the way. I did not name her. I did a, a, I did a class uh, on lighting and I used Lucy as my, my, my model because my model couldn't make it. And so uh, I, I told the people who were in the class, I was like, I asked them, I was like, hey, you guys need to name this this mannequin before this class is done and some guy named her Lucy. So Lucy is going to be our official mascot. Uh, I don't know how we're going to decorate. I think it's just going to be kind of a work in progress. I don't know if we're going to put a backdrop behind us. We're going to start off with a white wall. Yep. Two, two, two chairs. Yep. A table. Um, we'll have the road podcaster up there cause it's just easier to record the audio to it. We'll have, we'll have a black magic ATEM mini pro. We'll have two laptops up, two microphones, and you'll probably see two cups of coffee. I think that that's probably in the two schmucks with headphones. I, I, I'm thinking like we could, we honestly wouldn't even have to do it up. Like I, I just had the thought in my head, like what if we made a concrete like table for us to sit in front of him? We just did like the minimalist concrete and white kind of like, and we had like a, a loaf of bread. Well, here's we the, the brand and gory, uh, Eastern Europe. I, I haven't told you this. Maybe I have, I'm starting a concrete company. And we've already got the molds. So like I have at my house a number of concrete molds of coasters of different variations that we could put on the table. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. I, I got to hit the rewind button here. You're starting a concrete company like you're selling concrete. Okay. So what it is is... Yeah, go. What it is. What is it? Um, there's a large market and high demand for minimalist concrete items and decor on Etsy um, and in places like West Elm where they consign these uh, these concrete things. and But the problem is, is a lot of concrete decor is either so big and so over like designed that it's like, hun like high hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. And then you look at the low end of what concrete decor is like coasters, um, toothbrush holders, uh, like wine holders and like, you know, little trays that people make. And those things are extremely, like, overly simple. They're way too simple, and half of them are made from existing silicon molds that you can buy on Amazon and then just start making them. And so you get all these different sellers selling the same fucking product, variation in color, variation in, like, you know, marketing, but it's the same product. So what my brother and I decided to do is, like, okay, we're going to make high, high-functional concrete decor and what we what, what I've had to do in the last four months is in R&D, I've actually had to learn how to use Blender. 
And so I've been in conversation with Chinese silicone mold makers in China, and I've spent way too much money shipping over a number of different silicone molds engineered to exact specification. And we've just been testing products for the last four months. And so we've got really, really cool broodless design coasters that are completely proprietary. You won't fucking find anywhere else. We've got wine holders, two wine holders in the mix. We've got plant pots coming. And then for more, um, more sophisticated designs like, like, um, like coffee tray holders or like desktop mats where like inserted in the concrete desktop mat is actually a place to charge your phone. Super minimal, super concrete, high polish, you know, different stains, very functional, very minimal and extremely proprietary. You can't get this anywhere else. So you're saying you're going to donate a table. In, yeah, in essence. And what's actually really funny is I had a concrete spill the other day and the outside of my apartment, thank, thank goodness the landlord hasn't come by in the last four months. I've literally like got just concrete, just clumps like on my uh, outside of my apartment, which I'm going to have to like get a hammer and just make sure that's not there by the time I move out. Yes, you are going to have to do that. I actually, I love the idea of a brutalist uh, table. It just needs to be wide enough. So make it about... It has, it has to fit my fat ass around it because this is a very narrow room. Yeah, we got to get around it. It's got to be wide enough and deep enough. Well, what so. you can do, what's really sick, is you um, obviously you make the mold. Like you know, you're a dude. Like as as fellow dudes, we know how to go to Home Depot and make a concrete mold with with a couple screws and some plywood. And then what you do is you go to IKEA, and what they sell at IKEA separately is very high quality and very affordable uh, table legs, desk table legs that you can then set in the concrete, and and Bob's your uncle. How fucking sick is that? I dig. Well, it sounds like Brandon is handling the decor. I will be handling the lights. So uh, I have, uh, so GVM is fucking out because their power supply and their light that they gave us is going click, 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 when it was, when it's like plugged in, but not on. And I'm like, hey, I don't want to burn down uh, Austin Cinemaker space uh, when I when I leave. So I, I pack that guy up, and he's just going to sit in the corner, and maybe I'll get another power supply and give that away. I don't want to give something away. It's going to burn someone's house down. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do with that light. But uh, Lishui, what? Lishui, which is a Chinese company who oh. makes a lot of lights for a lot of companies I've seen. I've seen their, their chassis, and I'm like, I've seen this chassis in a shitload of LED lights. Anyway, Lishui, I think that's their name. They're the supplier, and they uh, had me do a uh, review on my YouTube channel of their Coolcam 300X, which is a 300-watt light by color, which is all I need for, for a key light. And so I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy a lantern, uh, and I'm going to put that Coolcam up, and that's going to be our key light because all all right now, currently, all four of our walls are white. So if I just put a freaking uh, lantern up, it's going to like light us up just fine. And then I have uh, Pixel makes some RGB lights that I reviewed well over a year ago that have just been sitting here for the whole time we've, we've been, you know, in this, in the studio. So uh, I'm going to put those to good use and those are going to be our accent lights. They're RGBW and all the lights are controlled by uh, my phone. So it'll be good. What if we got these foam blocks that we painted and like, like you'd paint a backdrop in like a concrete sort of like fashion and so you've got a white, you've got these white walls and these just brutalist looking foam fucking blocks. It looked like concrete coming out of the walls and that's our soundproofing. You are in charge of the decor. So if that's what you want to do, you have. So, so I think what we're going to do is sounds like Brandon's on top of that. I'm going to go ahead and buy the lantern this week. So that way we I have all the lighting stuff taken care of. And I think hopefully if we're able to do it in time, the very last week of 2023, because we are recording this in the middle of December. Uh, the last week of 2023, we are going to 
do our testing, and then we're going to put together episodes, and we're just going to fucking roll come 2024. I'm so excited. Yes, I'm excited too, because it'll be a great way for us to make a little bit of revenue, you know, just, you know, we'll, we'll just split the revenues that come in. I mean, they're not going to be shit, but like, it takes so long to grow a YouTube channel. But uh, but nonetheless, it is what it is. I mean, we can do a Patreon or whatever. I don't give a fuck. We'll figure that out. Um, so that's, that's, that's what I am looking forward to probably the most in 2024. For this, the podcast, I think that's going to be great. We're also going to WPPI, which is going to be fun. And I think what we'll do there is we'll just video record interviews and this and that. And I have, I'm actually reviewing, uh, Godox came out with this new uh, two transmitter, one receiver system that's $99 that competes with the Rode wireless go to system. Uh, and, but it has like an iPod, I'm sorry, an Air, Air, AirPod Pro, I can't even think. It has a charging case like AirPod Pro, so you can actually charge your lab mics uh, three times and get 24 hours of use out of them uh, off of one charge of the case, which is great, so they self-charge. And so, you know, one or two charges will take care of us throughout all of Vegas, um, but that, that'll be great. So, like, we could have one that we talk into, one that our guest talks into when we do the interview. It all can go through the uh, audio in the mic, um, in the mic, uh, the camera and then we have our video there so but uh for our for our, our our video shots mr videographer how many how many cameras do you think we need in here one you just want to do one with a, with a wide angle and that's it and then and then then scroll over to our laptops as the other two channels yeah other otherwise the editing becomes more uh the, the squeeze isn't worth the pour yeah, well, the way I look at it is I'm just going to, like, it's going to happen. If I fuck up a transition, it's going to fuck up on the YouTube episode. I'm not editing shit. I'm I'm rec- I'm streaming this bitch yeah, into, a, you, you in, into a capture. Yeah. yeah, I'm just streaming it into a capture, and that's it. And, and you know, if, uh, if I make a mistake, I'll edit the mistake out. But, right. like, that is what it is. I mean, we can get away with a wide angle. We'll do the screens. And then uh, what we could also do is... With that wide angle, because we're going to be like doing 4Ks, like you could literally, you could literally crop down the 4K one of our faces and have it floating over the screen, so that you can still see our commentary. So you're going to record in 4K and then sample down to 1080p. Hell um, no. Are we just going to keep it in 4K? Well, 30? Here's, well, here's the here's the cool thing is, um, so so the YouTube episodes I do, uh, for my line of work is they end up they end up being very big files. We record in 4K. Uh, currently we're doing. Uh, 8-bit before, you know, we're, we're, we're going to step up to 10-bit very soon, but right now we're doing 8-bit. And even so, the uh, the videos come out to over 30 gigabytes now. now it's big. <laughs> so unless you've got gigabit internet, uh, uploading to YouTube is uh, hours. I have fiber, so I absolutely can do it in like a matter of minutes. Right. So so what, what you can do in any case is you just compress the file. So you can compress the file in 4K down to around 3, 3 gigabytes and... There's no loss in quality, no detectable loss in quality, and it's it's fine. Awesome. So you're gonna volunteer your camera, and you have a dummy battery and all that. I do have a dummy battery. I think we got this figured out, folks. <laughs> it shoots in 8K. It shoots in 8K. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna just have like a static shot of two dudes and a fucking mannequin who who has fucking duct tape strapped around her face in 8K. 12 bit. 8K ProRes. We're going to run up 128 gigs in like five minutes. It's going to be great. Less than, so, dude. Less 45 than seconds. 45 seconds. So awesome. Well, that is a big thing we're going to be committing to in 2024. Uh, I want to shift gears to 
one of the biggest things I want to do in 2024, and I've already made the commitment. This this goes back to, you know, don't let a day dictate when you're going to make a decision. So a few episodes ago, Brennan and I were talking about how uh, we want to do more film scanning. And I want to shoot more in film. Uh, and I, I bought all this film. We've talked about it in previous episodes. I bought all this film. Maybe maybe one of the things I, I should talk about from the last episode, one of my biggest disappointments in 2023 is I didn't shoot enough film. I have all this fucking film and I didn't shoot it. And and I think the reason why is because I it just it just took me too long to go through the process of getting it developed and scanning and all that. And and I have a I had a flatbed scanner uh, from Epson and I used the past tense because I got rid of it. And I purchased the Veloy system uh, through Cinestill. And I got that a couple weeks ago. I took delivery of it. And it is so awesome. And now I'm going to be shooting way more film. I've already, I've already shot, uh, in, the, in the two weeks since I purchased it, I've already shot nine rolls of film. And I had them. I, had, I I took them to Holland real quick and just had them processed because I didn't feel like developing it myself. I was just being lazy because it's the holidays and I'm busy. And I've already scanned it. It takes me. It takes me like four minutes to scan a roll of film because I take my time. Yeah, and it, it's funny you mention that. Is I also got a, a DSLR stand, and well, I got two. The first one didn't work out so well. The second one I got from Etsy from some people in Australia, and it's just just having that and knowing that I can take a roll to the store not the store, but the, the, the lab and it's $8 per roll for develop. I'm just like, all right, that's cool. It takes them a couple of days. Now I just go back home and it's going to take me two minutes to, to scan a, a 120 roll. I'm, I'm just, I'm just picking up my film camera more and I'm just shooting with it just because I'm like, this isn't a hassle anymore. And it's cut a lot of cost out of shooting film for me. Yeah, the only dick whip on it is that I uh, am now using Lightroom again because I Negative had make lab. I had to make the decision of because I, I actually have Silverfast and Silverfast like Pro Suite or whatever, which is about the same price as Negative Lab Pro, will allow you to edit things and they have profiles for portrait and all that. But Silverfast is like this German company that doesn't really have a lot of information on, even though they did a really great job with my scanner. Like I just didn't see any videos that showed me how good it could do for an art. Cause it'll, it'll scan a negative really well. <clears throat> like if I take a negative and I actually scan it on my flatbed scanner, it has some really great profiles and it looks really good. I, I use Silverfast as well for the flatbed. Yeah. But I don't use a flatbed anymore. I actually just took my flatbed and I fucking retired it and I put, gave it to my wife. And now it's like, she just wants to use it to like scan old pictures that she wants to convert. I'm like, cool, we'll do that. So I have Silverfast. I'm probably never going to use it again. Um, and then uh, I have uh, now negative lab pro. I made the decision on negative lab pro and it's fucking easy like i C control n my guy yeah control n <laughs> and, and i can go back and re-edit it it's just yep. a plugin so if yeah. i don't like i don't like it i can i can change it and so i mean i would like to see them have more profiles i would like them i would like them to have more because they just have a black and white so so that's the thing right a lot of the control and in how your negative comes out it it's in camera it's white balance and it's how you're exposing the negative in camera and the negative lab pro is, is pretty one-dimensional it's got a pretty 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 great sauce in the algorithm it does its job really fucking well but in terms of like modification like i don't really want to go through like a second step of com or, or a first step of compression through negative lab pro i'd rather just get the shot right in camera so that when it does convert the image is as close as possible to a flat negative um, I don't know if that's something you agree with, but that's kind of my philosophy on the matter. It, it depends. Like I, I, I like to just use the Noritsu uh, standard 
and then go from there. That's kind of that, what that's, I do. That's what I've been doing. Um, you know, sometimes I think the Noritsu standard might even be a little too saturated, so I might pull it back like a negative one. But uh, in general, I like the Noritsu scanner, and then the black and white's good. But I, 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 there are. It's interesting when I try their portrait thing; it really, really darkens the the highlights. Like the highlights go back almost gray, and so I, I, I kind of like the Noritsu better, just the standard Noritsu with portrait than their actual portrait preset. Uh, personally, but um, interestingly enough, because I've shot so much film in the last couple of weeks, and I've just because you know, the thing is, is my opinions about film are slow evolving because I I shoot it so seldom, and I have to go back and think about what I was doing. But you have an advantage if you shoot a ton of film in a very short period of time. You can very much develop opinions about what you like, what you don't like, because you're 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 you're, you're doing it more. And it's interesting. I'm doing my beginner's guide to the Hasselblad 500 CM right now. I'm doing that video. I'm almost done with it. And this is a controversial take. I, I, I promise you, this is a controversial take. So I own a Hasselblad 500 CM, and I own a uh, Mamiya C330, and then I own a Mamiya RB67. Those are my three medium formats that I shoot on. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you that I cannot tell a quality difference between my consumer grade C330 and my Hasselblad 500CM. When I look at the files and I scan them, I don't think the glass is any better with the Hasselblad. The planar glass, I don't think it's any better. And I will tell you that I think that my, this goes back to something that you were talking about, is that you said you wanna shoot more six by seven in 2024. Well, guess what? My favorite camera right now is my RB67. I like it better than my Hasselblad. And I think my Hasselblad and my C330 are tied in terms of quality. I, I just go and I look at my work. I, get, I, I can go back and look at my entire body of work, and then I took a shitload of shots in a short period of time and started looking at the files. And I like my RB67. It's my favorite camera. Yeah. To uh, this day, I'm 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 guilty of looking at RZ67 Pro 2s on eBay, and I cannot believe the price they are selling at. A year and a half ago, 3,500 for a full kit, easily. Um, if they're if it was you know in worse wear, maybe 2,500, but that was kind of the range. Now I'm seeing people let go of near mint uh, RZ67 Pro 2s for about 1500 bucks with like two finders, two backs, and yeah. and, a, and a singular lens. It is insane. It's a steal. So I don't feel bad whatsoever about snagging one of those. However, um, I have been practicing frugality. One thing, one, one thing I have been doing is uh, at the beginning of the month, I'll take X amount of dollars out in cash, and that's, that's my spending money, and I'll walk around with it in a paper envelope and the paper envelope, uh, not, not an envelope. It's, That's I, the drug money. Well, hold on. It, it wasn't an envelope. I got a piece of printer paper and I got electrical tape and I made a makeshift wallet. And the reason I did that is because it reminds me every time I pull it out, it's hum it's kind of embarrassing in public because people see me pulling out, you know, like my wallet and it's just a piece of crumpled white paper. What's cash? I don't even use that anymore. Exactly. And so it forces me, it makes me think of like, wow, this is very humble. This is very like you know, 10 years ago, it wasn't, it's just like a whatever. But like nowadays it's kind of like people, people definitely look at you for some reason, just a little bit. Um, so yeah, no, I'll probably, I'll probably make that spend in January, February, um, saving up for a bit. Uh, cause I could buy it right now. I just, I just don't want to. Um, have you shot on the RB67? I've never shot on an RB67. You should try it first. I, because, because yeah. you can buy an entire kit with like four or five lenses for like 800 bucks. Yeah, but I believe the RZ67 Pro 2 is a lot more studio friendly with its electronics and that's kind of the convenience. I'll it is for. because it has electronics. It yeah. has a battery, whereas the RB is just a machine. Yeah, 
Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I've done studio work on my Mamiya 645 1000S, and that has a little bit of electronics, but it's, it's already a nightmare to get that studio working. So, something else to consider, though. Do you prefer to shoot anything finer than 400 speed in studio, or do you usually use 400 speed? Um, finer, for sure. Okay, well, if you're going to do finer, then you need strobes. So I, I shoot, I tend to shoot 100 speed, and so, yeah, the bar... RB can be a little quirky. Uh, most of these cameras are a little quirky, uh, except for, yeah, the RZ does have that advantage. But And I may get an RZ one day, but for me, it's still the Mamiya 7. Like, I, I have definitely determined, that, and I love shooting in a square, by the way. I love shooting I love shooting in a 6x6 format. It's fun. I like the Hasselblad. There's a, obvious advantages to the Hasselblad. It's super uh, small. It's compact. It's easy to fit into a messenger bag. But at the end of the day, you just give me Portra 400 on a six by seven negative. That's like exposed the way I want it to. You put that shit in a negative lab. You, you look at that thing, just like convert from a negative to a positive, And you're like, there it is. That's, Those fucking colors. That's a happy camper for sure. Exposed correctly on Portra 400 in six by seven is a thing of beauty. It could be a picture of a spoon. Don't care. It's probably going to look amazing. Yeah. So, but that's, that's uh committing to film. That is 110%. One of my biggest things I'm going to do in 2024 so yeah and i i kind of wanted to i kind of wanted to lead on with that into my biggest uh thing i'm looking forward to in 2024 is i was talking to kevin before the show and uh, i was saying that i really want to venture into the six by seven territory and my major my, my big reason for that is because I, where formerly I was more afraid of the six by seven format, missing a shot, like fucking up because I just, I knew that my pattern was try six by nine. We get yeah. like, we get like like six shots or something well, on a roll. Well, kind of like in the last episode I talked about going from 2022 to 2023 is I didn't take as like, I wasn't as diligent in setting up the shot, setting up the actual logistics, lighting logistics and the shot itself. But as I've been getting better with that, I, I want to start taking photos with the with a six by seven format because I'm putting so much curation into my shots that I think getting a perfect shot on a six by seven negative is going to show the colors I want, is going to uh, show the light that I want. And so, how does this tie into what I'm looking forward to in 2024? Well, there's a I've had a, I'm having a major paradigm shift, and it's it's this. <clears throat> it's a lot of my work. Um, I, what I know about myself is I am unwilling, more so than than a lot of people, to alter my photographic style or alter what I want to shoot for the sake of money. That's been something I've been fighting with since 2021, since 2022. I get, I, I know how to get paid gigs. I've gotten them before. I don't like them. I don't care for them. The money isn't worth it for me, even though it pays pretty well. And photography to me is more than that. And I, I just, I strictly want to create and, and going into 2024, something that I'm going to do is I am not going to shoot a single thing that I have not mold over multiple times and put together from top to bottom, eyeing every thread and every stitch of the shoot. And I'll tell you why. This might sound really arrogant. It might sound really ridiculous and it might sound really egotistical. And here's the, here's the blatant truth. If I know that I don't want to shoot for money and I know that I only want to create what I, I, I want to, I want to create, I want to get paid 
to do what I want to do. And if that never happens in photography, if that never happens for me, if I never get paid to do a Jack Bridgeland where I just get paid to shoot my niche and put it together from top to bottom, I will move out of photography sometime in the next decade or two decades or three decades knowing that I shot what I wanted to shoot. Well, there's never going to be a shortage of concrete out there. I so. Yeah. And, and number two, the number two thing is it's not sustainable for me to, to toe the line between shooting what I want to shoot and shooting what others uh, want me to shoot. I don't care for it because in order to make a living from photography, 99% of photographers make a living by shooting stuff they don't want to shoot. And there, there are people who shoot weddings and they're like, oh, I just love the, I just love shooting weddings. Yeah, it's stressful. It's my form of income, but hey, I'm shooting. That's not me. I, w- I would never do that. And if, well, I, if I was a DJ, I'd never DJ a wedding. I'd try to become the biggest headliner I'd try to be. It's funny. When I, when I used to DJ, I would have such a, like, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? ADHD set that, like, people, like, I was not heavily booked a lot of times when I used to DJ. Now, when I did live PA, that was a completely different thing. But I would play, like, an Aphex Twin track and, like, a Rabbit in the Moon track and, like, a Sasha track and then a DJ Shadow track. Yeah. I just wanted to hear what I wanted to hear. I was I was like a college radio DJ. I was like, this is what I want to hear. I'm just going to beat match it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll halftime. Because, you know, trip hop is like half the speed of drum and bass. So I would sit there and I'd find like down tempo to go to drum and bass. And I would, because I, I, you know, I listened to LTJ Bookham. His stuff, his he taught me that. I was like, you can make down tempo and drum and bass and keep it the same. And so like I would transition my set. Anyway, point being is I, I follow what you're saying about do what you want to do. Fuck them bitches. Uh, what, what, what's, when you're going on weddings, I shoot two at most three weddings a year and I do not advertise at all. I will, I actually do like to shoot a couple weddings. Like I like the experience of doing it, but I would never want to do it full time. I could never be a wedding photographer full time. It would just drive me crazy. But I do like to shoot weddings primarily because I'm usually saving up for a $3,000 lens. But uh, I, 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 I do like the experience of shooting weddings. I think it keeps me sharp as a photographer. And so I take on, like, I, I pretty much just don't advertise that I shoot weddings. And then when somebody drops into my, drops into my uh, DMs or slides into my DMs, as I'm just trying to sound old. When somebody DMs me, I'll go look at it and I'll be like, yeah, I'll shoot their wedding. You know, make sure the price is right and all that. And I'll do it. I'll do it to stay sharp. But I definitely, it's not something that I wake up every morning going, man, I wish I was a full-time wedding photographer. And, and frankly, I find that. Uh, people who niche too much in those industries, and I find this with headshot photographers too, like their work is very unimaginative. I find it to be stale. I find it to be boring. I find it to be preset driven. Most of them are using Evoto and all these other programs now to edit. So like the 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 AI learns your editing style in Lightroom. You just send it off and like it does like 98% of the work for you. You just have to make slight little adjustments to your crops and this and that. And then the wedding's edited. It's completely manufactured these days. And there's no, in my opinion, like artistic... Um, you know, fingerprints on there, which, you know, that's the thing, like people can like or hate my work and that's totally fine. But when they look at my work, I hope that they think that it looks like me and what I do. That's all I give a shit about is I just want to have my own fingerprints on things. And that's, that's the real like in-depth conversation, the dry conversation I have with a prospective uh, wedding couple is like, Hey, I'm not a preset guy. I shoot your wedding in this style. Here's previous weddings I've done. And if you think that that fits your style, great. If not, do not book me because I only know how to do things one way and that's my way. Right. And I, I think that 
this is kind of a journey. It's it's a point of reflection that every artist, no matter the medium, has to has to bridge. So with Instagram out of the equation, with with my lack of care for uh, for paid work out of the equation, it has refined something that is incredibly clear for me, and that it it is that I am strictly creating for myself, and and that is that is. It and it sounds it sounds selfish and it sounds terrible, but I, I also have to think is we live in a saturated world where we get to hear the testimony of every successful great person, great artist, and they all say something extraordinarily similar. Is it's whether they're trying to be great or they weren't, they strictly made what they wanted to make and everything else was noise. And they were almost militant about that. Every single one of them, whether it's Kanye West, Steve Jobs, whether it's Helmut Newton, it just, there was no room for bullshit. And it's not that, it's not that my, I'm, I'm not trying to militantly be great in that way. It's that I will regret having been so lukewarm and, and let photography fizzle out as I, as I get older and maybe mature into another thing is I can't, I can't allow myself to be lukewarm. And so for that reason, it's, I, I can't make something in 2024 going forward that I think people will like, that I think agencies will like, that I think, you know, um, that I think brands will like. I, I think that's going to be my work in any case, but, but really ultimately is I just want, I'm going to make things that I want to see and, and solely that. Otherwise, I don't want to put the energy into photography. Life has gotten so busy that I can't afford to um, to dick around with something that is not 100% my intention. Well, I mean, I got that way with uh, audio stuff. Like, I mean, you know, so it's okay to close a chapter on something. Like, there's this mentality of, oh, you need to find a career and you need to do it for the rest of your life until you retire and this and that. And I don't, I don't believe in that. I think that's bullshit. I think you should do whatever you want as long as you're, you know, making ends meet and you, you know, you're being responsible with your money. Uh, but my question to you is, he doesn't go under Kanye anymore. He doesn't go under like Yeezy or some shit or what is, what do he call himself now? Yay, I think. Yay. Yeah. Fucking weirdo. You are listening to the F11 Photography Podcast. All right. We're back. <laughs> and we're going to talk about <laughs> things that we want to uh, accomplish. We're going to we're going to wrap up the episode. We're going to talk about we're going to go kind of through a lightning round of things that we want to do. Um one, number one for me, I want to commit to less sexy purchases, but purchases that do more for my art. And so um, what am I talking about? I'm talking about less gear. I mean, I have a shitload of gear. And yes, I have a YouTube channel where I, I mainly focus on gear. So I'm always going to buy gear at some capacity. It's just how it is. And frankly, people send me free shit now, which is great. I'm, I love being at that tier because I'm no longer buying certain lenses and lights and all that. And that's fine. But what am I talking about when I'm talking about less sexy purchases? Hand-painted backdrops, that's definitely one of them. So I, I just recently came across a couple of gravity backdrops, which are not cheap backdrops. Had a gentleman who was getting rid of his, um, also made a really nice donation to uh, to uh, Austin School of Film Cinemaker Space out of that. So we got a lot of seamless that we, we donated to that. But backdrops, that's definitely one of them. Uh, another one that's less sexy is I'm going to start purchasing more props. Um, I feel like props make shoots more interesting. And... You know, sometimes it's like, oh, cool. You know, it's somebody wearing uh, a black jeans and a black tank top in front of a white backdrop. I've never seen that a million fucking times. So I'm, I'm, I'm starting to commit more to uh, props. Of course, my only worry is, is where am I going to store them? 
You don't have to store them. You just put them under your bed or something like that. Like, there's no, like... My wife's going to, like, go under the bed, and there's going to be, like, a fucking, like, Zorro sword under there or some shit. Dude, my brother yells at me. He's like, get your fucking shit out of the living room because I'm done with it. Like, we need space here to, like, to like do things. Like, I'm done with your props. You used it for a shoot five weeks ago. Get it the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's exactly it. Is like, I'm, I have a hard time buying things unless I get a lot of good long-term use out of them. And I guess my, my reluctance to commit to props is I typically will only use them once at most twice. And then I'm like, I don't want it anymore. And I wish, I wish there were prop rental places around here. Like, there's this really badass antique store in in round rock they have all sorts of things like vintage typewriters and just like all this shit but they sell these vintage typewriters for like 450 fucking dollars and i'm like dude i don't want to spend 450 dollars on a vintage typewriter i might use once that's fucking stupid so you know facebook marketplace that's where i go i'm um, looking for that kind of stuff but man i still want that diving helmet and that's that's the one that's going to set me back because that's i can't find that thing for less than like 180 185 and you know I don't know, man. Like, I really want that diving helmet. I have some plans. One thing that I want to do is what I'm setting out to do is I, I want to shoot a lot more film. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to go into, into the shoot with, I don't, I, I like, I never want to go into a shoot ever again with the anxiety of how am I going to execute this? You're like, you're like, Oh, is it going to like, how's this going to unfold? Um, the only thing that I want to unfold unexpectedly is, is the experimental shots that are just inherent in every shoot. Um, so that's that. The second thing is like Kevin, uh, I want to buy less gear. I already don't buy a lot of gear, but I'm focusing on. I rubbed off on him a little bit. <clears throat> Fucking yeah. Nikon Z8. He's got a better camera than I do right now. <laughs> I love that camera so much. I literally, I'll just like, I'll be making coffee and then I'll grab my Nikon Z8. I'm like, I wonder what this looks like on 12-bit ProRes for 30 seconds. <laughs> I do I'll have to say though, one piece of gear I will buy the second it comes out in 2024, no question, is if they do come out with a, a, a R5 Mark II in response to the R8, especially if it has that stack sensor, like credit card on standby right away. I will buy that because I know that's going to be an incredible investment and it's going to make me a lot of money. So it's like not a, not a hard purchase to justify at all. But anyway, go on. Something else I want to do. Wow. I just like yelled. Um, no, something else I want to accomplish in 2024 is I want to write, direct and shoot a short story, a porn, a porn. Yeah, no, a short story, something like a gay porn. It doesn't have to be super significant. Shut up, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have to be anything significant. Uh, I've written, I've, I've papered out, uh, the shot list exactly how I want it of a very dramatic, uh, morning routine that, that ends up in an avocado toast being burned in the oven. And, and that's not because it wanted, to, I want it to be anything great is I just, I just want to get into the flow of, of narrative is I love cinema too much. I love narrative too much. And I have currently state of the art fucking equipment in, in the consumer grade to execute on this. So the only thing stopping me is me. And it is definitely out of my comfort zone. The, the negative and the doubt definitely springs up when I think about it. But uh, the, the prospect of even just creating a five minute short film with, with uh, immaculate cinematography and lighting really, really excites me. So it sounds like the theme for 2024 that you and I need to follow is get out of our own way and just fucking go. 100%. Awesome. That does it for today's episode. It is the new year. Do not let a day dictate what you're going to do. Just go fucking do it. You can find us at f11pod.com. 
on all major social media platforms using the handle F11Pod. We wish you all a happy 2024. I want you all to go kick some ass. I want you to go take some pictures, some videos. Tell us about it and look for us on video on YouTube coming soon. And until next time, chase light and not algorithms. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information about this podcast, go to www.f11pod.com.